It's time to talk that talk with Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer on Hawks Live. The moment you all been waiting for, it's time to talk that talk. Me and Paul Moyer getting the ring. We go back and forth. What do you feel? How do I feel? Get it off your chest and say it with your chest, Moyer. <laughs> say it with your chest. All right, the question I got for you, Mr. Moyer. Mm. Carson Wentz will never look like he did in 2017. What do you think? Well, I would say in 2019 he was pretty close, okay. by the way. I mean, in 2017, let me read his stats for you. He completed 60% of his passes. Today, that's like, you're, that's loserville. But he had 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. He had a quarterback rating 101, and his team won. Right, they won a Super Bowl. That's why he got, you know, why he got all the accolades. In 2019, he had 4,000 yards. Remember, 2017, 3,200. Mm-hmm. 19, 4,027 interceptions. Played pretty well, but no, he's not getting back there. Not getting back there. And here's why: you don't get more accurate. You either yeah, are you do. or you no. Yeah, you, don't. you do. You work no. on mechanics. Yeah. Your 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 base. There's things you can do. There, it's like a, I'm gonna use golfing again. Okay. It's like golfing. I, I'm never gonna be a scratch golfer again. That doesn't matter what I can do. I'm just I'm limited at what I can do. I believe throwing's the same way. It's like pitchers. If they can't throw over a strike, it, not very many of them eventually just nail it the whole time. And I think the same thing with. With throwing, you come out and you're completing 50, high 50s, low 60s out of college now. To me, it's a red flag. It happens every once in a while. Jared Allen, he was a 58%er coming out of Wyoming. And last year, he was 67, 68%. So it can change. But 2020, man completed 57.4% of his passes. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, that's unheard of. <laughs> you know, he had 16 intercept or 15 interceptions, 16 touchdowns. I'm not saying he can't get back to maybe 2016 numbers, you know, where it's 62% completion, but I don't ever see him 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, complete to 65%. So my answer is no. Your answer is no. My answer is most definitely he will once again look like he did in 2017. I'll tell you why, Mr. Moya. Tell me. He's, he has a running game. Back in 2017, he had LeGarrette Blunt, who had 766 yards. When I think of LeGarrette Blunt, I think of Boise State, him socking a dude in the chin. I don't think of an 1,100-yard gainer like he has in Jonathan Taylor. I think he'll be good to go there. Now, he also has a top-10 defense. In 2017, that defense was ranked number three. So he's back to, I, I can lean on this defense. Also, he has the coach who is the Carson Wentz whisperer. Last time he was with Frank Reich, yeah. he was balling. They, they, they're vibing. Kind of like me and you when we're, we're in the studio. We're vibing, baby. That's what Carson Wentz and Frank White do. They wreck. They vibe. So because of the coaching, because of the run game, and he has a defense he can lean on, I think we'll see 2017 Carson Wentz again. Just not week one. Yeah, I think if you ask me that question next week, I might have a different answer. But since we're <laughs> playing them the first week, then my answer is better than your answer. Okay. All right. So was debating this one, but – Staying on a quarterback that has some accuracy problems. I'm going to go with Cam Newton here. Will he, I don't want to even say, will he be a starter again in the NFL? As much as I love Cam, I don't see it happening. 
I just don't see it happening. In today's game, unless you play for Baltimore or Tennessee, you have to be able to sit in the pocket and throw the football. I just don't see that happening. Can he go to Tennessee? Not if Ryan, Ryan Tannehill keeps playing the way that he does. Can he go to Baltimore? Heck no. Lamar Jackson has that spot locked down for five to six years. It has to be the right situation for him. And even if you are asked to hand the ball off and run, that's just not what he does anymore. You know, he's an 80s baby. He's, what, 32, 33 years old. <laughs> he, he's getting up there in, in dog years in the NFL. So I just don't see it happening, but I do see him holding a clipboard and making a lot more money while he's here. That'll be interesting. He's coming out tomorrow with the press conference, and he's going to talk about his thoughts on that. He hasn't really gave too much, but there is one thing here that I, I saw. It says Cam Newton reiterates on Instagram, there's not 32 guys that are better than me, mm. which I would agree probably agree with but here's my my challenge with with cam now because i was pulling for him at new england you know i really thought you know he had matured and and you're hoping for that that second chance where you know second part of your career yeah and i thought okay he completed a high percentage of his passes last year you know but cam can't run like he used to and that was that was the x factor when he he's in a huddle he's the biggest man in the huddle He's yes. usually the tallest, and he's built like a, uh, he's built like a true statue. I mean, he, he's an impressive human being when you're standing next to him. But if you don't have that running game, then you better be able to complete 65% of your passes. And that doesn't mean dink and dunk. Yeah. That means I got to throw it downfield, too. I got to hit that deep end and that, that contested throw. So I, I'm going to say no. Here's my question. He says there aren't 32 guys better than him. I'm looking at all the teams in the league right now, and I'm trying to find a spot to where I'd say, okay, I'll take Cam over this guy. Moyer, I don't see I don't see anywhere where I would say investing in the future. He's 32. Let's, let's keep it in perspective. I'm going to take Cam over this guy. I don't see it. There's so many good young quarterbacks now. There's so many good ones. Yeah. And they're usually on teams that aren't winning right now. So are you going to bring Cam – to de- no, you're not. You're going to develop a quarterback. And so now you're looking at Cam to, to be on a playoff contending team. They've all got pretty much quarterbacks. I, you know, there's a couple maybe that, you know, if there's an injury, he gets shot. I just don't see him becoming a starter. That doesn't mean I don't think he'll be on a team and maybe get a start. Mm-hmm. Well, I think his days as a starter are over. And I think it's going to be hard to get on a team unless he says, I'm willing to pay for a minimum salary. Yep, I agree. Okay. Next one, Bill Belichick will eventually win another Super Bowl with Mac Jones at QB. This is an interesting situation. A great question. Come on. I know. Part of me is thinking (laughs) of what you're going to say. I'm going to say no. Okay. And and the reason why I'm going to say no, it's it's really hard. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to have to unseat Kansas City. The AFC has a lot of really good young quarterbacks right now that maybe they're not winning. Um, but they're they're loaded with with top guys there, and I just think it's really hard. I also think, look, last year, man, did Tom Brady make a statement? He went and won the Super Bowl. I really thought Belichick would be the one that did, and it shows that look, you got to have players to win. You just don't get to magically go out and coach teams to Super Bowls or the playoffs. Now they did better than I think a lot of people thought, but I'm going to say no. It's just too hard. Mac Jones may be a great quarterback, but he better surround himself with a great team. They're not quite there yet. And I don't know if, if Belichick, is he going to coach into his 70s and plus? I don't know. 
So I'm going to say times against him. I'm going to say most definitely they are going to win the Super Bowl. Okay. I look at Mac Jones, and he's the most composed rookie in the pocket I've seen in a long time. Just his mechanics, the way he steps up in the pocket, keeps his eyes down the field, he's throwing darts. And I just think about what Bill Belichick did with Tom Brady. And I see a mini Tom Brady. This is a robot. This is, this is not real what we're seeing in Mac Jones right now. Now he's got to prove it once he gets out in week one. But so far I see a guy who resembles Tom Brady. And Belichick has shown I can I can work with the average athlete in the pocket who's going to show up early, leave late, and do all these things. I'll surround him with some pieces. Last year they had eight guys opt out because of COVID in New England. So we didn't really get to see what their defense or offense could truly look like. I don't see it happening anytime soon. Pat Mahomes has to fall off. You know, it's, it's all about Pat Mahomes and Tom Brady. They run the league right now. And Aaron, Aaron Jones, I'm saying Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. They're all getting older. I give this kid four or five years. And he's going to be in the mix. All right, you won that round, but we're still pl- we're still boxing here. Um, <laughs> I'm going to throw this one out mainly because the season hasn't started. It gets um, talked about a bunch, of, and you and I are never going to talk about this again. But I'm going to talk about because it it's in the news and it's talked about often. That is, will Russell Wilson win his first NFL MVP in 2021? I don't want to say for his career. 2021. Unfortunately, no, Paul Moore. I don't think he Why is. is that? I don't think he is because I see this offense and I see an offense that's not going to be as explosive as the offense last year because of all the shots they took downfield. I see an offense that's going to put together long, sustaining drives and his athletes are going to work for him. And it's not going to be attractive, right? To win MVP at the quarterback spot, man, you got to flick it like Aaron. You got to dive and throw like Pat Mahomes or you got to dominate like Tom Brady. And I just don't see Russell doing that in this offense. Is he going to be elite top tier? Most definitely. But this year, I have to see this offense first. And from what I've seen, I think it's not going to happen this year. Yeah, well, first of all, we haven't had a MVP win the Super Bowl in like 20 years. So I do not want him to win it. Not that I'm superstitious. I like it. <laughs> um, I think last year, the way he started, he finally, people said, okay, he is capable of winning an MVP because he can throw, throw the big numbers out. But I think the reason why the answer is no you have to be one of the top records in the league, and you got to throw for a lot of yards. And we're going to run the ball more. I don't see him getting quite as many yards. He's going to have to have the high touchdowns. But the big one is we're in the toughest division in the league. There are going to be some quarterbacks that are going to win 14 games this year because of the 17-game schedule. There are going to be some 14-gamers. So if he doesn't get the 14 with those numbers, I think this year you just – I just think the odds are stacked against it. So I'm going to say no as well. All right. We agree. That was talk that talk, man. Me and and Moyer look forward to this every single week. We look forward to hanging out with you guys as well. When we come back, we will answer the question, will Jimmy Garoppolo be replaced by Trey Lance before they play the Seahawks? That's coming up next right here on Hawks Live. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I am Michael Bumpus hanging out with Paul Moyer. You're watching this Thursday night game. There's a battle going on. Dallas 28, or excuse me, Dallas 26, the Buccaneers 28. Dak Prescott's thrown for over 300 yards. Tom Brady has four touchdown tosses himself. We got a game. Way to open up the season. Way to open up the season. Yeah, we had that earlier segment we were talking about Russell Wilson would be an MVP. Nah. (laughs) 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 That, he's... They didn't even run the ball to the Cowboys. What did he, he, They ran it nine times? They got 15 carries right now. Elliott has nine himself. But Elliott, you got to feed him 20. Feed him. 
25. And again, maybe they went into this game thinking the only way we can win this game we got to throw over the top, but that's a lot of that's a lot of passes in the first half. A lot of passes in the first half. Let's talk about a guy who could toss the rock in our division, Jimmy Garoppolo. Now they, the 49ers, drafted a young man by the name of Trey Lance to replace him eventually. It's just when is this move going to happen? Trey Lance only played one game his last year at uh, North Dakota. He's not very experienced, but you look at the the physical talent, it's there, Moyer. It's there. But Jimmy Garoppolo, say what you want about him. He's always hurt. He's not going to toss the ball 30, 40 yards down the field, but he wins ball games when he is healthy. Do you think Trey Lance is going to be running the show week four when the Niners play the Seahawks? I hope so, because that means Garoppolo has played like Garoppolo. <laughs> and look, I've never been a big fan of Garoppolo. He's capable with a really good team, and if he's got time and all those crossing routes and everything between really the numbers, uh, you know, he's he's pretty accurate. People have found out his weakness. you got to force him to throw the ball downfield, contested. I mean, you got to have contested coverage. And you got to force him to throw outside the numbers toward the sideline. He's not very accurate on that. Um, but if he's healthy, I, I don't see Trey Lance starting. I just don't. And it, part of it is he's very young. He didn't play last year. He sat out because of the COVID thing and really more the FCS uh, didn't play really last year, did more the spring game. So he, he, he took himself out of that. So he's missed all of that. On top of that, he's just not ready. I watched him in preseason. Now he's electric. Yeah. We know, look, two, three years from now, I get why they drafted him. You know, he's electric arm, electric feet. Uh, he's he's going to be really good. But I, it's just not this year. How long do you wait? What if Garoppolo comes out? They go 0-2. I hope so. And you have no choice but to play the young man then. Well, I think a lot of it depends on you – know, we were talking uh, earlier. To me, it's that the 49ers are playing great defense. Garoppolo's he's he's your guy. I mean, you're you're gonna dink, you're gonna dunk. Um, he's you're gonna hand the football off. They they their running game's extremely difficult. Yep. You know, if they're running those fly sweeps or jet sweeps or whatever we want to call them, you know, they're, they're they're a tough one to to battle for. I don't see Trey Lance unless they start off. You know, one and two, the offense is really stagnant, and it could. I mean, you know, they're and defensively, they they've lost their defensive coordinator. You know, he's gone. He's at the Jets now as a head coach. You know, so we'll, we'll see how that all play out. But simple answer for me is no. I just don't think he's quite ready. And again, if he's starting on week four, good. That's I think that's good for us. I think I think he will start. I just Jimmy hasn't shown me enough in the recent years for me to believe that one he's going to be healthy and two that he's going to be explosive enough to make management and the head coach believe that this is our guy going forward. So I think Trey is going to be the guy. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that again on the Thursday night before week four, <laughs> unless we're playing on Thursday night, which who knows? I don't know the schedule. Let me ask you this. So there's a lot of, in our division, um, a lot of guys left that were defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators, running back coordinators, passing game coordinators. We've got two of them. You know, we, we took two from the Rams. And the Rams, uh, well, I would stay with San Francisco. San Francisco lost their defensive coordinator. The one that was really odd to me, or what was interesting, was Brandon Staley, who's the head coach now for the L.A. Chargers. Yep. And I was watching him when we played him in that last preseason game. He looked 30. I mean, really young. And five years ago, he's coaching in D3. Sean McVay, when he came up and he was the youngest head coach in the NFL, yep. he was brought up in the NFL. He's been around John Gruden and those guys since, you know, he could shave. 
I don't know if this one works out because when you when you have an NFL team, there's so much adversity that's going on. Even if you're winning, you you one you've got to manage all these personalities. You then if you are starting to struggle, it's not just his defense now. He's got to take care of. And by the way, he had no adversity last year. They yeah. were number one from Lights the get go, yep. and they had the players. Chargers got a good team. I I just. I think he's in over his head, and it had more of me. Just a quick look, you know, the book called Blink. It just, he just didn't feel comfortable in that setting. Uh, what do you think? I mean, you you see success there. See, you you made a great point because the trend in the NFL is to go get the young the young coach, right? He's going to relate with these twenty two to twenty four year olds. They're not even thinking about the guys who are in the league 10, 11 years who are older than this guy. But you made a good point that McVay grew up in the NFL. Like, this guy is on that accelerated program that seniors take in high school, so they go to college and they have their associate's degree already, but they've never really been in the college scene. And I, I agree with that point. Is You don't know what you don't know. And um, he's 30 years old, he's leading men, and he's going to be asked to make decisions that he didn't even have practice making, right? He was, in 2020, he was a D coordinator. In 19, he was an outside linebacker outside linebackers coach, another outside linebackers coach. He's really had one year of true decision-making, and it's not even at, at his highest form yet, yeah. and, he, and he hasn't grown up in this. So I think it could bite him in the butt. And I think the NFL, and this is a great example of the coaching tree, right? You look at, you look at Mike Holmgren and his coaching tree. It's crazy, right? Bill Belichick, his coaching tree. Uh, Bill Walsh, his coaching tree. And that, people fall into that trend. They're like, Sean McVay, young, offense is going. Um, the, the hottest thing in L.A., let's take a chance on this young fella and see if we can capture some of that magic that McVay brought to the league. I, I remember uh, a story that um, uh, Steve Sarkeesian uh, said one time, and it, it was when he was the offensive coordinator with USC and Pete Carroll was the head coach, and they lost a tough game. I want to say it was to Oregon State, or I think it was Oregon State. It was an upset when they were expected to be number one. It could have been against Oregon. I am not sh- can't remember that detail. And he said Pete Carroll – before they walked into the locker room, he goes, I want you to listen to how I address this team. This is a critical moment and how we, you know, frame our, our message that's being mentored. Yeah. And so, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, like him, love him, whatever, don't like him. The one thing is he's an impressive guy around people because he was groomed by Pete Carroll. You know, now hopefully he's mature enough and makes good decisions in life moving forward. I see the same thing with with a Staley, a head coach there, the Chargers. I just don't think he had enough time to be mentored. Mm-hmm. You could be a really good leader. Sean McVay is a fantastic leader. You can tell it. I mean, yeah. he commands respect. Not sure this guy does yet. He may be a great coach, but uh, that's a that's a that's a tough one to chew. I think what he has to do to be successful early: surround yourself with older guys who have been there and who have done that. Yeah. You know, B, you need a Wade Phillips on, on, on your squad. You know, you need a guy who's been around the block a couple of times and who can hold you accountable because everyone needs to be held accountable. Even Pete Carroll's held accountable by his guy. I see him at practice all the time. I don't know his name, but every time I ask people, who is that guy? They're like, that's Pete's right hand. He's the tater. one. Who it's can Tater. It's Tater. Carl Smith. Oh, Carl Smith. Yeah. That's, Carl's a great guy. That's his guy. That's that's the guy who holds him accountable. So. He just needs to surround himself by, with good coaches because you can't coach all the positions, Moyer. You can't be everywhere at one time, and that's the great thing about football, man. You can't do it all in the field by yourself. You can't do it all in, in the coaching room by yourself. Got to hire good people. Got to hire them. I mean, it's the only way to be successful. Only way to be successful. Good luck to you. Just not when you play the Seahawks. All right, coming up next, Moyer and I will go around the NFL. That's right here on Hawks Live.
Welcome back to Hawks Live. Hanging out with Paul Moyer like we're going to do every Thursday during the season. Man, I mentioned this already. There's a great Thursday night game going on. Oh, man. Cowboys are driving to win this thing. They got three timeouts left. They overcame a second and 20. We missed it, but we look up, and it's a first down. Um, good game going on, man. Way to start the season. We're gonna Speaking of the NFL, we're going to go around the NFL. And the first question I want to ask you, Moyer, is about the quarterback position. We got some young guys, some young guns in this league um, making starts. We got Zach Wilson with the Jets, Mac Jones with the Patriots, and then Trevor Lawrence with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Out of those three, who do you think is going to have the most successful rookie season? Oh, but rookie season? It's got to be. Oh, man. It's a, I was going to go with originally Mac Jones just because I think he's got a better team around him. Of those three teams, the Patriots are going to be the best team. The Jets, team. Jets are going to be an up-and-comer. And I, I really think Zach Wilson, from a upside, he got the most upside. Yeah. he's He's got a crazy arm. I mean, it's he's he's electric. We're going to see if it turns to be efficient in the NFL. If he can make it efficient and not turn the ball over, you know, keep his high percentage of passes, he's going to make some big-time throws. I mean, yeah. he's he's got Patrick Mahomes' type of ability with his arm. Um, Trevor Lawrence, I just – I think it's so uh, – I just don't know about their team and that relationship with him and Irvin. I just don't know where that's going. Um, I never was super impressed with him other than his freshman year at Cle- Clemson where I go, wow, that's pretty impressive for a freshman. Yeah. He was very mature. But I get it. I mean, it's one of those you don't pass up. He's, you know, 6'5", 6'6", probably closer to 6'6". He's got all, you know, he can make every throw. I get that. But I think these other two, I don't know, there's something special about them. You know, Mac Jones, just his ability to get rid of the ball, his accuracy. And I think Zach Wilson, he's just, he's got one of those crazy arms that come around. Well, I would say every 20 years, but Patrick Mahomes, (laughs) he's in the league with them. Man, I think Trevor Lawrence is set up to fail down there, man. He has all the talent in the world. He's mobile. He can throw the football. Seems like a good leader. But you got Urban Meyer over there who looks confused on the sideline. You talk about the head coach for the Chargers and, and the vibe you got from him. I look at Urban Myers and he just looks confused. And some of the moves that he made during the offseason are questionable. You know, this he he's trying to keep his buddies in his circle. And he's learning if your buddy has a reputation in the history, you can't do that. This isn't uh, University of Florida where you got away with a whole lot of stuff down there. Or Ohio State. Or Ohio State. <laughs> where was he good? Uh, Utah, Bowling Green? Utah. He, well, he's at Bowling Green, Utah, and good reputation. Florida it started to go. I, I think a lot of that, the poor reputation is people piling on winners. Yeah. You know, I mean, he runs a good program. I mean, but loyal. you look, that Florida, that Florida team has some characters on it too, though. Well, yeah. I mean, I can go back to Miami back in the 80s, and, you know, they, they had some characters too, but – yeah, I think that it's such a hard transition to go from college to the NFL. Very few guys, like Pete Carroll, I think, you know, that's why he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, not just because of the success he's had with the Seahawks. There's very few people that have won a national championship and then came and won a Super Bowl. I yeah. think Jimmy Johnson's one of the few, <clears throat> and, and Pete Carroll. It's hard, and it's hard because in college, you know. I mean, I got control of the players, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you're trying to fight for a, a spot to potentially get into the NFL and it's just it's a different mentality, and I remember when he was signing, uh, they were signing some free agents, and he was just appalled at the way the, the system is because you didn't get to really talk to him, you didn't get to bring him in and even interview him, you know, for the most part. Yeah. And so he was, which by the way, I totally agree with him on it. 
But guess what? You got to adapt. This is the way it is, baby. And it's one-a-days. And the players say, Coach, why, why do I got to run through that wall when I can run around it? <laughs> do I really need to go and run through that? It's just that's the difference between the NFL and college. He, he don't like that, the veterans. Man, I'll see you week one, Coach. Imagine if imagine if he were Pete Carroll dealing with Dwayne Brown in this situation. That would have drove him nuts. He'd probably be like, you need to be out there practicing every single day. No, I don't, Coach. I'm 36 years old. I've done this for a long time. I'm top in my position. I'll let you know when I'm ready to practice. That would have drove him nuts. Oh, well, he's going to find out this year because he's going to have to rest people. And Look, he's a smart enough guy, and he's, he's surrounded with a pretty good staff. I mean, he's, they're going to – He's smart enough to figure out what I got to make some changes, but uh, yeah, it's I think it's a big, big learning curve for all of them over there. All right, well, we found out a few days ago KJ's officially gone. He is a Las Vegas Raider. I just want to show some love to KJ. I mean, he ended his his run here with two great seasons, back to back. He was balling. Um, I think he's just it's just his age and just not wanting to disrespect him with a number. Um, on this contract that was a low ball, not even a low ball, but kind of where they value him, and then having him play backup to these young guys. KJ's a starter in this league. I think he's going to get an opportunity with the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm glad he's playing football. Yeah, he's, he's back with Gus Bradley and the guy that you know they, they know. Maybe he's only there on first and second down situations, and at that age it probably makes sense. Here's what I'm going to say, because I, I was a proponent the whole time. You need to get KJ back. He played his best football. I, you could play him inside if you really wanted to. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he's he's had that that skill level, but I understand why they did it, and it's it's purely about numbers, and it's not even financial. The numbers are, we got two old linebackers or older linebackers. That's not that they're that old, but in football years, we've got to develop some young guys. This game is about speed. It's mm-hmm. about coming off the edge, rushing the passer, and the Seahawks don't want to be predictable in how they're rushing the passer. They want to be able to line up in a somewhat of a bear front at times or a five-man front with some speed outside backers or potentially Jamal Adams. I'm thinking of Daryl Taylor. That did not fit into what they want to do moving forward with K.J. Wright. So now, all right, K.J., am I going to play just on mixed downs? Mm-hmm. And most teams now are in three wide receiver sets. When do I – I'm not pulling Jordan Brooks off the field anymore. It, that's done. I'm not pulling Bobby out, not yet. So where's the time? And we think Cody Barton is playing as well as any linebacker on our team right now. Yeah. So it's just it was a numbers game, and it's time to develop. And people need an opportunity when you're younger. You can't sit behind veterans and and just die. I mean, you really you just don't get that opportunity. And KJ, if he was on the team, maybe he starts. Maybe he is better in mixed downs. And, again, now you never get Daryl Taylor. You never get Cody Barton. You don't get those guys a chance to develop. You can't sit behind veterans and die. But this young man sat behind a veteran and got himself in a position to thrive. Mr. Jameis Winston having another opportunity with the New Orleans Saints. And for what I've seen in preseason, I think he's ready to go. Now, if he learned anything from Drew Brees, let's take the check down. Take what the defense is giving you because I – Greatest ever. Breezes didn't have the arm to go deep like Jameis does. So I think if he can incorporate that into his game, he will be fine. He's got some weapons over there. He has Sean Payton, who's a great head coach. You still got Kamara in the backfield. You're still going to sprinkle in Taysom Hill. I think he he can be successful this year. I do too. And they I don't think they bring him back if they didn't feel he had learned what they needed him to learn. And – I mean, his his talent's been there. We know that. I mean, you throw as many touchdowns as he did the other year. That's fine. The yards, 30 interceptions, 
that's a hard one for me to get out of my head. Yeah, I, I really don't understand that. And, and he's with Bruce Arians. <laughs> I mean, Bruce is hard on, I don't know if he's hard on quarterback. He has that persona he is. But he's a quarterback guru. That must have drove him nuts. Yeah. And so, you know, I think Peyton, is a, it's a different voice. I think you're right. I think he has success this year. I don't know to what extent, um, but I think uh, he's going to have a pretty good year. I think he'll have a good year as well. We'll see what they do. That NFC is looking tough, man. All right, when we come back, we'll put a bow on this thing. We'll give you our final thoughts and the Seahawks keys to victory when they go to Indianapolis. That's next right here on Hawks Live. Welcome back to Hawks Live every Thursday. Dallas leading 29-28, fourth quarter, 49 seconds left. Tom Brady has the ball. You know what Moyer said? He said, of course the Bucs are winning this game. That's Tom Brady. There's no question they're going to win. But, you know, too many people thought they they were going to run the table. Seriously, I mean, I've heard people say they're going to go undefeated. I go, they had a great playoff run. You know, they during the middle of the year, people were like, eh, but here's Gronkowski doing what he does best and running over people, and they're going to end up kicking a field goal. The only way they lose this game is a field goal kick to chokes. Said they miss a field goal. Yep. Yeah, they're driving right now, 32 seconds. I almost wish we were calling this game right now. You and I can give a good play-by-play, color call, Brady going over the top, out of bounds. All right, so let's get back to the Seahawks. <laughs> I was like, I, I'm following you here. Uh, uh, how do they win this ball game? I'll tell you how I think they win this ball game. You mentioned it. You got to control the run. That's what the Colts want to do. Jonathan Taylor is a very good running back, 1,100 yards, five yards per carry. They have to control the run and then offensively play with their tempo, whether that's up tempo, slow tempo, in between, whatever tempo means to them, they just have to play the game that they want to play offensively, take care of the football. And then we'll see if this offense has – the ex- explosive plays that we're used to seeing out of DK and Lockett. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I think this is a weird year because no preseason for the most part for the starters. We've got a bunch of injured players. Indianapolis has ten guys on injured reserve. Mm. Ten. I mean, they're, they're number one wide receiver. They got a bunch of guys coming back. Wentz has been out. I just don't see them hitting on a, a high level. But, you know, we got a new offensive coordinator, new offense. We haven't had that, that opportunity with our first-team offense either. So a lot of unknowns there. So I, I really think it's a bit of what Pete loves. We're going to run the football. Yeah, It's going to be a slugfest. It's going to come down to the fourth quarter. I like our chances with our quarterback in the fourth quarter. This is a really good defense. I mean, they're, they are tough to run the football on. So we're going to have to try to go over the top at times. But – you know, we'll see if we can scheme them along the way. And, you know, it's too many cliches here, but, you know, turnovers, I like our chances there. I mean, Wentz, you know, historically hasn't been great at protecting the football. Um, I think we're a better team, at least on paper, but they're really good. I mean, at one point last year, their defense, the first half of the year, they were insanely good. They were about yeah. 100 yards better than the next team mm. at one point. So, yeah, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun one, but it's going to be a little old-fashioned run, hit, Get after it. A couple guys I want to see. Um, Dave Wyman mentioned this earlier today on his show. DJ Dallas had one of the best preseasons I've seen in a long time. So now, what does that do? Where does that put him on this roster on that depth chart? Is he going to get more carries than Penny? Are they going to use him in the pass game? Is he going to be one of their return guys with Freddie Swain? He was a guy who returned the ball as well. I want to see how they're going to use 
DJ Dallas. And then also, I want to see what Trey Flowers does with this third opportunity probably. It's almost like they've been trying to replace the guy, but he does just enough. He's just he's consistent just enough to keep fighting these guys off and winning this spot. So those are the two guys that I'm going to look at. How is DJ going to be used? How much time has he earned? And what does Trey Flowers do with this opportunity? Well, I don't know if <laughs> the guys they brought in, they, they haven't been here long enough to unseat him, but that's for sure yet. You know, Trey Flowers, and even if he struggles in the game, but God, you know, Sidney Jones. I mean, he's he's been there, done that. I like his upside a bunch. Um, so we'll see what what goes on there. I I'm excited to see Chris Carson get back at it. Yeah, that's the one thing that you mentioned, DJ uh, Dallas. What's his role? Returner. Um, for right now, you know what you did in preseason it gives you the opportunity to be on the team and and have some other opportunities in the special teams. But that's a loaded field there. I mean. First of all, Chris Carson's going to get the carries. Definitely. So now how much do you spread those extra 10 carries and passes out of the backfield? Alex Collins looked good, too. Alex looked very good. And you're going to more than if, – if Penny is active for the game, he's going to get more touches than probably D.J. Dallas. But if he's not active, obviously that, that changes it. So we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll know more Sunday what the Seahawks really think. But I think the pecking order right now is still, you know, it's Carson, it's Penny. I think it's Alex Collins and then Dallas. Another young man I want to see how they use him is D. Eskridge. Now, Freddie Swain won that third receiver spot. Uh, deservedly, he, he was been available. He made plays. He's reliable. But the little glimpse that we saw of D. Eskridge got me excited. He ran a jet sweep. He was fast but patient. That's what I liked about his life. He didn't he didn't outrun his blockers. He had his hand on, on one of his guards' back, kind of letting him lead the way. Then he goes across the middle. He makes a catch. He did just enough to where I'm like, yeah, I want to see more of that. I, I want to see what this young man can do. I know Freddie's going to get the start, but D. Eskridge is going to be in the mix. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the – it's interesting to look at their depth chart. They've got three wide receivers. It's their depth chart. We really don't have a fullback anymore. Um, and you're right. you got Tyler Lockett, Freddie Swain, and obviously DK Metcalf, uh, the three guys starting. Look, I my guess is they're going to activate Penny Hart, bring him up, yep. or somebody. I mean, I don't. you can't go in with four wide receivers, I wouldn't think. Um, Eskridge, it's, Penny Hart's out. Well, ne- never mind then. Or, excuse me, he is up. Okay. So that would be – guy that you're counting because right now questionable is Eskridge. Yeah. Um, but I did like what I finally saw in a game practice. He looks at – I mean, he's he's got all the, the skill they're looking for. It's going to be fun. Look, we have so many young players that are rookies. I'm not – I don't need to count on a rookie. I'd like to see Eskridge, you know, have some success. Mm-hmm. But it's my second, third year, guys. It's the Cody Bartons. It's the Marquise Blairs of the yes. world. And I think Marquise is one of those guys too. I They have to take that leap where – Oh, we're starters in this league. Yep. You know, I, I can actually, I get it. We, we signed Diggs. He's going to be a free agent next year. What do we do here? If Marquise Blair truly steps up and becomes the guy they, they think he is, you know, that, that there's, some, there's some decisions to be made next year at free safety. But for right now, I think he's a guy that can be a starter, and I'd like to see that happen this week. All right. We will see what happens this week. A lot of questions will be answered that was fun, man. Thank you guys for tuning in to Hawks Live with Paul Moyer. Special thanks to Cody Barton and John Clayton for joining the show and our board operator, Brady Robrick. Can't forget Nasa Chobi, our executive producer. The Seahawks pregame show was live this Sunday starting at 7 a.m. 
Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Bumpus, with Paul Moyer. We'll be back next week right here on Hawks Live.